1: Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church And he won't tempt you He won't test you He won't try you He won't push you beyond your limits Beyond your ability It says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13c Because he's faithful He won't abandon you He won't, he won't overdo it with you He's in the trial with you God's got you right now He's got the whole world in his hand He's got your life in his hands And nothing can rip you out of his hands, because nothing and no one is greater than he. I can
0: see the promised land, though there's pain within the plan, there is victory in
1: the end, your love is my battle cry, the answer for all my life.
0: Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so delighted that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the broadcast. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's program, we'll be hearing a message from the sermon series that Pastor Keith has entitled, Cultivating Joy from the Ruins. So if you have your bibles please turn with us today to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10
1: Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study And in the midst of all of this he also encourages them which brings us to 1 Corinthians 10:13 No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. I want you to linger over that statement there. In these two verses, we find three facts that should enable us to find and maintain and hold on to joy in the aftermath of this COVID-19 crisis. Because this crisis will pass, and yes, our world will be changed, and things will be different, and things may be difficult but there is hope and joy in the aftermath. And if we stick to the facts, we'll be able to find that hope and that joy and that peace that surpasses all human understanding. So fact number one is this, fact number one. This type of crisis is not new to God and is not new to humanity. This type of crisis is not new to God or humanity. There's nothing new under the sun. And where do we see that? Well, we see that in the opening words of our passage today. Call it 1 Corinthians ten thirteen a No temptation, no situation has overtaken you that is not common to man, that is not common to the human experience. Back to Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. Think about it. Disasters have come before. The fall of Rome, the Black Death epidemic the Spanish flu, the Great Depression, world wars, COVID-19. The happy truth is, is that God has built for us a resilient world and he has made us resilient. That's his common grace where he causes the rain to fall and the good and the evil both. And the, the other thing we know is because we have the scriptures, this cannot be the end of the world because God gives a very explicit and detailed description of what that will look like. And this bears no resemblance to that. So what we want to do is be like the men on the Emmaus road and allow God to open up our minds to understand the scriptures so that we don't get caught up in the hysteria or in the fantasy of this COVID-19 virus and where it will take us. Because again, none of this is unique to the human condition. None of this is a surprise to God. And so I take you to Ecclesiastes 1, 9 through 11. I quoted a piece of that just a moment ago. And in it, the Spirit of God speaking through Solomon tells us this. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said? See, this is new. It has been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to be among those who come after. Now, he's saying a lot there. He's saying that one of the dangers that people face is they don't know what they don't know. And if we're ignorant of what the scriptures say, we don't know what we don't know because we've missed the opportunity to think biblically. And what he's telling us is this. There's nothing new under the sun. Things like this happen cyclically. It's an inevitable fact. You can't find anything that's going on or going wrong in the world today that hasn't gone on or wrong in the past. And so we don't want to forget the lessons of the past and we don't want to forget what scripture teaches us about how to view those lessons. So thankfully, I guess, if we say what now, what next, this pandemic will come to an end. It will come and go. I'm not belittling the hardships that it brings, but God will sustain his people. And he'll even sustain the people who aren't yet saved. I mean, when you think about the age in which we live, I mean, think about this. We're not living at the time of 410 A.D. when the Visigoths overran Rome. We're not living in the World War I era where the Spanish flu killed so many millions of people. We're living in the 21st century and in God's common grace and goodness. We have more technology, more supply chain understanding, more resources than anyone has had at any point in history certainly more than the people had during the black death we have access to medical care we have things that no one else has had we have more ventilators per capita in this country than any other country in the world and more importantly than that as Christians we know that God has a plan and his plans involve each of us each and every day and now his plans are not necessarily our plans and none of us would choose this pandemic but God has so We want to remember what God's Word said. You know, we always like to quote this passage in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, plans for a hope, plans for a future. The problem is for many Christians, for many who name the name of Christ, is they know that God has plans, but they won't look into His Word to understand what they are and how they should conduct themselves in light of them. We don't want to make that mistake. And God's Word tells us that this type of crisis is not new to God or humanity. That's the fact. Stick to it. Cling to it. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. This is not new. It is a big deal, but this too shall pass. And if you just cling to the fact that this isn't catching God off guard and that God has this plan and you're part of it, you will find joy in the aftermath. Which brings us to fact number two. Fact number two is this. Christian, you trusted God for salvation. Trust Him now. Or God is trustworthy. Fact number two: If you trust Him for salvation, you can trust Him now because God is trustworthy. Where do we see that? We see that at the very beginning, again, of uh, of First uh, Corinthians ten thirteen. Right after it says no temptation has overtaken you, it makes this statement: God is faithful. God is reliable. God is trustworthy. Call that uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 10.13b. And this is the cause for joy because God is faithful. That's his nature. That's his character. It prohibits him from failing at anything or failing anyone. He is faithful even when we are not. He is faithful even when others not. He is with us wherever we go. There's no situation or circumstance that we're going to face that he's not with us. David knew this, and even in the most difficult times in his life, you can read about them in the Psalms. David wrote this in Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For, because you are with me, your rod and your staff, they shall comfort me. And then he goes on to say... Surely goodness and mercy will pursue me, will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David had put his trust in God. He had a home in heaven. God was with him in the deepest, darkest hours of his life. And God is with you right now. God is with you. His plan is to care for you like a good shepherd. He is faithful. And so in a manner of speaking, you're bulletproof until he calls you home. You know, he's fixed the days of your lives. He knows every day in the book of your life that was written before there was yet one of them. And he is the good shepherd. He protects his people and he does correct his people. And that is something to find joy in because you know what? A good shepherd, the good shepherd, never ever takes his eyes off of his flock. And we see this elsewhere in Psalm 121 verses 4 through 7. Let me read that for you. And here uh, the psalmist is writing about how God watches over the people of Israel. But in principle, it applies to us today. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither sleep nor slumber. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this day forth and forevermore. These are the facts, friends, and we need to stick to them. We need to stick to the facts. When we say, what now, what next? We need to know that there is hope right here and now. There are causes for hope. There are reasons for joy. Because no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. And God is faithful. When you think about it, he's like your master designer. He's like the great designer and engineer of the universe, of the human body, and of the human condition. And later on in 1 Corinthians 10.13, call it 10.13c, it says this, He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. And This is why I use the analogy, he's, a, he's a design engineer, he's the ultimate design engineer, because he knows your tolerances. He built everything. He built this world. He knows what it can take, what it can sustain, what it can't. He designed you. He raised you up for such a time as this. And He won't tempt you. He won't test you. He won't try you. He won't push you beyond your limits. Beyond your ability, it says in 1 Corinthians ten thirteen c Because He's faithful. He won't abandon you. He won't, he won't overdo it with you. He's in the trial with you. God's got you right now. He's got the whole world in his hand. He's got your life in his hands. And nothing can rip you out of his hands because nothing and no one is greater than he. You know, Pastor Chris talked about James chapter 1, verses 2-4, through 4, and he said that, you know, count it all joy whenever you encounter various and sundry trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let that endurance have its perfecting work, leaving you adequate and complete like in nothing. God's not going to capsize your boat. He's not. He's going to sustain you in the trial. And so we know by experience that the testing of our faith is for our good, for preparation for the next act of service, the next task, the next assignment that God's going to give us. And he will not let let you be tempted. He will not let you be tried beyond your ability. And there is a fact that should produce joy in our hearts. God cares and he won't let us go. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, not height or depth, nothing. We talked about this last week. All things, all things work together for good. Rome fell, troops died, the economy really, really tanked in the Great Depression. But the city of God, the city not made by hands, people of the, of the body of Christ, His church, who, whose city is not made by human hands, but a sovereign and all-powerful, omnipotent architect whose builder is God... That city continues. Know, understand, and remember that this crisis is not the end of the world, and it's not outside of God's plan or His competence. It's part of a larger plan, and it includes all this upheaval. And it will help people prioritize their lives to clear the decks of the mundane and the trivial, like we talked about last Sunday with the men on the Emmaus Road. The plans that God had for them and he has for you are plans for a hope and a future. But it's up to us to familiarize ourselves with those plans, to look into the word of God and say, what does it say, what does it mean, and what do I do, and how then shall I think and live? So I want you to find peace, hope, and joy in this reality and in others. Remember that God takes care of the stars. He takes care of the universe. He holds all things together by the power of his word. In Isaiah forty twenty six, we read this. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars. The one who leads them forth, leads forth their host by number. He calls them all, he calls them all by name. And because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. Consider these implications for you. He knows your name. He knows where you live. You know, Jesus talked about consider the birds of the air. God feeds them. Are you not more valuable than these? Years and years ago, I was on the mission field in a place called Kiribati. It's spelled Kiribati, but it's pronounced Kiributs. And I remember going out at night because there was no big city. It was kind of a I don't want to say primitive, but you know I was living in, in, with people who were kind of in a tribal village mindset and lifestyle, and since there were no lights, I could see all the stars at night, and it was incredible. And I thought of this passage where God he knows the names of all of those stars, and he doesn't lose one of them. Friends, the very hairs on your head are numbered. He knows your name. Understand and rejoice in this fact. God is the God of the impossible. And Isaiah tells us that he declares the end from the beginning. And this passage tells us that he's not going to lose sight of you. He's not going to lose track of you. Because he's faithful. And he's not going to let anything happen to you that is beyond your ability to survive, to bear. God is faithful. And that's where you find joy in the here and now and in the aftermath. What now? What next? Well, that brings us to fact number three. Rejoice rather than worry. Why? Because God will provide for his people. God will provide for his people. He will provide for you and he will provide for me. Brings us back to 1 Corinthians ten thirteen at the end. But will with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. God will provide. Stick to that fact. Stick to the fact that None of this is new, that God is faithful, and that because He's faithful, God will provide. God will provide for you in the trial and every trial you face in this life, now and in the days, weeks, months, and years to come. And He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but will provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. You see, like we talked about before, He knows your limits. And He might push you to them with good reason to grow you and to show you that you can and must depend and trust in Him. But assuredly, He will provide you what you need, whatever it is, whenever you need it, as you need it. That's what it says at the end, the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. God never disappoints. He cannot disappoint. He gives us a hope that does not disappoint. And that's where the joy is found he always equips he always provides he either gives us endurance or he gives us wisdom so that we'll be able to bear it God provides we talked about this before a few weeks ago looking at the book of James and I want to point you to James chapter 1 verses 5 through 8 because there are times where God will push you to the limits of your ability to get you to pray, to get you to seek his face in prayer, to worship him by expressing your dependence on him through prayer. But even then, he provides. And in James 1, 5 through 8, we read this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Look how God is characterized. Who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. He'll provide a way of escape. But there's a warning here. Look at verse 6. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts, the one who really doesn't trust God, who doesn't believe God, is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. God will not capsize your boat. He'll give you what you need when you need it. And if you lack the wisdom in the moment, if you ask him, he'll provide it and provide it generously. When we fail to pray, when we fail to seek God, when we fail to depend on God, we capsize our own boat. But if you'll trust him, he'll provide the know-how you need for what you face. And it comes in many forms and many and many and through many means. It might come through others. The Bible tells us that where there are many counselors, there is safety. It might come through technical knowledge or insight you already possess, sort of an aha moment where God illumines your understanding. He brings to mind something that you know so that you can apply it in the given circumstance or situation. God's wisdom is flawless because he has designer knowledge. He has the exhaustive understanding of everything that exists, including you. And sure, times may be difficult. They may become difficult. But difficult doesn't mean impossible because... Because we have God, because nothing catches God off guard, because God is faithful and because God provides. God will provide. That's a fact. And we need to stick to that. We need to remember that. We need to remind ourselves of what is true. God will provide for you, but will with the temptation, he will provide a way to escape that you may be able to endure it. So what now? What next? Well, that brings us really to application. What do we do with this? Well, we stick to the facts. And let me give you three suggestions for application. Number one, remember the facts. That's our subtitle, right? Stick to the facts. Find joy in the facts. That nothing that is happening to you is new to the human condition or is new to God. And God is faithful. And He has been faithful. And He will be faithful. And He will always be faithful to provide. And that includes providing a way out. A way to endure it. Stick to those three facts and you'll be able to find joy in the aftermath of this trial and even joy in the here and now in this trial. Number two, think what we've talked about over the life of this series. Think what you've already learned and connect the dots. What do I mean by this? Remember our passage in Philippians? Be anxious for nothing but in everything with prayer and thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding will garrison or guard your hearts in Jesus Christ. Dwell on the good things, whatever is noble, true, and good. Think, dwell on these things. The things you have heard me say and seen, practice these things, and the peace of God will be with you. This is where we apply. You want to find joy in the aftermath? Don't worry. Pray. Pray. Dwell on what's good, practice and habituate, repeat the process. There's nothing new. God is faithful. God provides. Remind yourself of this over and over again. Practice these things and the peace of God will be with you. Thirdly, as you remember these things, as you stick to the facts, as you turn them over in your mind, encourage and give hope to others who might need hope and encouragement other Christians, and those who have no hope of an eternity with God. What did we talk about And when we studied uh, Luke 24? Jesus says, you are witnesses to these things. We are to bear witness to Christ in such a time as this. We are to remember what, we, what the scriptures tell us. And we are to share that with others. This is where we are representatives. We are witnesses to Christ, witnesses of Christ, in a broken and hurting and now frightened world. If we stick to these three facts, we'll be able to do all these things and more. So what now, what next? In the aftermath, cling to what is true, stick to the facts, and share them with other people. And God can use you to change lives in eternity and change your life and mature you even further in the process. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we're not facing anything that others haven't faced before us or anything that's unique to you that catches you off guard. We're thankful that because of your nature and character and love that you are faithful, that you cannot and will not disappoint us. And Father, we're thankful that our faithful, loving God, our sovereign, all-knowing God will provide for us a way to escape that we'll be able to endure it. Father, we thank you that our confidence is in the facts, that you are God, that we are your servants, that you are the good shepherd, and that we are your sheep, and that it's you that made us and not we ourselves, and that you never take your eyes off of us. Lord, help us to remember this. Help us to practice these things. Help us to share these truths For we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Pastor Keith Crosby with today's Grace to Live radio broadcast. We are so grateful that you've chosen to spend this time with us today here on the program. And if you have questions about today's show, or if you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Keith, then I would encourage you to visit our website, hillsidechurch.org. There you can listen to past sermons and other content from Pastor Keith just by clicking the Sermon Archive tab. And you can also find links to Pastor Keith's blog, as well as the Out of My Mind podcast. The website is also a great place to connect with us here at Hillside. You can find information on our service times, ministry opportunities, and of course you can browse our calendar of upcoming events. Again, all this and much, much more can be found by visiting our website, hillsidechurch.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time on Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves, and on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you,